What is going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. Now, I hope you recognize that music because it is some of the best music in all the sports. The CVS college basketball intro. Oh, baby, that, that sound, it warms my heart. And you know what else warms my heart? Duke is 11 and 11. Oh, my heart is, I tweeted that out. And oh, my heart is warm. Oh man, do I have a packed episode for you today? Uh, so actually, I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch much of the games this weekend. I told you I was on a ski trip. I'm staying in a house with uh, a lot of people, most of them who don't really love college basketball the way I do because they're simple minds who think the NBA is better. And and I was, so we watched, I watched a bit of the what, 12 o'clock games, the end of Rutgers, Minnesota, called the start of Oklahoma State, West Virginia. That was really about it. Oh, I called the end of Ohio State, Illinois. I ended up streaming the game at the Tubing Resort. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that. And I did watch, I got to watch some of the games yesterday. And, and it was really fun to see. Plus, I got to watch some NBA with the All-Star game. And we'll start with that. So I missed the skills competition. I was kind of just like recovering from my Saturday hangover. Uh, but yeah, that was just, that was rough. It was rough, but then I watched the three-point contest, and I so I, I didn't actually think Tatum was going to win, but I took Tatum at plus 650 for the value. Uh, you know, he went off in the first round. He had 25 points, and, you know, looked really good. But it's Steph fucking Curry. I mean, he's literally the best three-point shooter in the history of the game. You know, he misses his first two, and it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, is Steph going to struggle in this? And then he just does what Steph Curry does and just catches fire. I mean, that dude is just something else, Steph Curry. It's unbelievable the shit he does on a basketball court. And, you know, I, I sound like everybody in the world. It's unprecedented. It, it was cool to see. Like, I kind of figured he was going to win, but at minus 150, I just don't want to take those odds, you know? I'm a value guy. Plus, I had a fantastic week on the on the gambling side. Uh, I was... 13, 9, and 1, so not fantastic, but ended up up 108. Uh, I have, yeah, I mean, I, 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 got, I have picked a lot of upsets, so, you know. But my big thing was I thought Io was playing, so I took Illinois money line, hit that, hit Michigan State money line, so those two were big for me. And, yeah, it was just just a good uh, good overall weekend, uh, week of betting, and, you know, seemed like it was a pretty good week of college basketball from the box scores, and, again, I'm sad I missed some. But before again, before I go back to college basketball, let me finish All Star Weekend dunk contest. Sucked. I mean, at this point, all the dunk contest does is let me down. I mean, seriously, the last good dunk contest was uh, okay. Last year's was pretty good, actually. It feels like it's good once every five years, but for the most part, the dunk contest tends to be really much of a really let downy. Uh, you know, congrats to. Anthony Simmons, who for winning that, I already did not know that dude can dunk. I thought he was just a three-point shooter for pretty much his entire career. But turns out that boy's got some hops. He can jump. I'll, I'll give him credit. Like it, it was cool seeing him get up the way he did. Uh, you know, I obviously was rooting for Obi Toppin, but it is what it is. I wasn't gonna be like, oh yeah, Obi got robbed because if you're gonna say that, you're just being a whiny little bitch. Uh, but it was yeah, overall it was boring. Like I. You know, if I honestly, if I wasn't so hungover, I probably would have paid, paid more attention. But it was the perfect thing to have on while hungover to fall asleep to.
Uh, that's really it. You know, my last episode, if you haven't listened, go check it out. I did my mid-season predictions. I looked back on my preseason predictions and saw who I had in the playoffs, who I had in, who I had in the playoffs to begin the season, and who I have in the playoffs now. Some changes here and there. Get you want to check that out. My awards from the preseason. I'm changing all my preseason award picks here at the mid here at the halfway point. So go check that out. See what I said in the preseason. You know, look at my some of my stupider predictions. And some of my predictions that weren't stupid, but have just been proven wrong thanks to other players doing really well. Uh, yeah, that's really about it for the NBA. Um, yeah, that's, that really is it. It's time to move on to college basketball. All right, now I'm moving on a bit and touching on college basketball. We're going to start with Ohio State, Illinois. So, again, I... I was. I thought this game was at noon. Got my my ski tickets. My tubing tickets were for for three to six. And oh boy, I got to go tubing one time. It was a whole dilemma with Ubers and some people kind of being a bit of schmohawks. Uh, so yeah, just a whole dilemma. Ended up going to me at five fifty two instead of at three o'clock like I was supposed to. Uh, people were dumb. People were very dumb. Uh, you know, were we, you know, part of it was our fault. Uh, you know, we were, I thought I was being smart to reserve Ubers because I said we'd have trouble getting Ubers in the middle of nowhere. And I was right because even though we reserved them, we still had trouble getting them. And we ended up getting there. So it was a 30-minute drive. I reserved it for 2.30 responsibly. You know, I, I am a schmuck. I'm a huge schmuck. But I did not do a schmuck thing right there. I reserved it for a normal time. I believe I did the right thing. Also, at least one of our Ubers counts because we have to call two. Uh... Blah, blah, blah. And then we get there. We finally get there. The Ubers don't show up till 3. We finally get a second Uber. Uh, we get there, and they, we, they dropped us off at the ski lodge, not the tubing lodge. And it took us a while to figure out how to get down there. They said it'd be a 40-minute walk, and it was on a very windy road where there's a good chance if we walked on that road, we get hit by a car. So, honestly, my friend's brother happened to be there, and he so kindly drove us down the mountain. And we ended up getting about 8 minutes of tubing in, and I just ended up after tubing. Watched into the Ohio State game. Frustrating ending because I see we're up five. And Illinois just closed that game on a 9-0 run. I mean, Dosunu looked really good uh, late in the game. And that was just frustrating because that's a game we have to win. Just the enter the Big Ten tournament on a four-game skid, really? That's, that's not what people thought about us when we were number four in the country. And now I'm surprised we were still number nine on the AP poll. You know, I mean, the, the big three of Ladeau, Swang, and Dwayne Washington were, were all fine, but the bench wasn't good. Arns had just two, was just 2-7 from downtown. Seth Towns and Musa Jallo didn't contribute much offensively. Kyle Young had just two points. Not a good game for the Buckeyes. And, yeah, I am, I am pissed about that game. Look, uh, I was very high on this Buckeye team. And I still am high on this Buckeye team. I don't think we're as bad as those four losses have shown, but it's four losses in a row. Uh, the defense can't stop a nosebleed right now. We have losses on the season to Northwestern and Minnesota, who are now in the 12-13 game in the Big Ten tournament. Minnesota is nowhere near as good as we thought they were. And, yeah, they beat Michigan in the barn. But we all, the fact that we got blown out by that Minnesota team, that we lost to that Northwestern team, really shows a lot of issues with this team. Uh, lots of holes on the defense. It's been an issue all year. So, yeah, I definitely am concerned about the defense going to the tournament. I'm not ready to give up on the season. I'm not ready to say that we are a fraud team. 
but I'm nowhere near as confident as I was when we were number four in the country. And look, this could be a wake-up call. It could be a wake-up call to have lost four in a row and you know figure out, okay, time to make adjustments. But at the same time, it sucks that we're losing four in a row this late in the season. It's, uh, it's almost the tournament time. You do not want to go into March on a four-game losing streak. That's just not good. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that we can at least win. win. So what we're going to be playing the winner of this Minnesota-Northwestern game in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. In our first game of the Big Ten tournament. Hopefully, you know, it's not going to guarantee we beat either of those teams because they both beat us earlier in the year. And Northwestern gave us a tough time the second meeting. And Minnesota's had our number the last two years. So there's no guarantee that we, that we even win that first game. Uh, if we win that game, we have to beat Purdue for me to at least feel more confident going into the tournament. If we make it to the semifinals and give Michigan a game, much like we did against, against them in Columbus, I'll be really happy about it. But right now, I'm nervous. Uh, Rutgers, congratulations. Looks like they're going to be in the Big Ten tournament. I watched the end of this game uh, at the place. You know, fun game to watch. Uh, went to OT. I was kind of hoping Minnesota would cover, but hey, good win for Rutgers. I like the Scarlet Knights. They're home, hometown, or home state team, so happy for them, and congrats, Rutgers. Looks like you're going dancing. Notre Dame shocks Florida State, blowing them out, start the end. And FSU, I've been singing their praise for a while now, but they've now had a few bad upset losses, so no, I'm definitely a little worried about FSU. Uh, Oklahoma State goes into Morgantown without Likely and without Cade Cunningham and beats West Virginia. What a victory for them. This might be their best win of the year. They've had lots of good wins this year, Oklahoma State. And, I mean, it's a it's, they're good. They're really damn good. I enjoy watching them. I hope they make a run in the tournament because Mike Boynton, those guys love playing for him, and I love this Oklahoma State team a ton. Uh, Nova beat loss of Providence. I teased that in my I uh, tweeted out. I took Providence plus five. That was my favorite bet of the day. Uh, I even said I would sprinkle some on Providence money line. I never ended up doing that, but I advised some of my followers to, and they won. Uh, Duke beat you and Duke, excuse me, uh, let me restart that part because I want to say na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye Duke, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye Duke, that's right, Duke is 11 and 11, like I said at the top of the show, I'm all warm and fuzzy inside because of it. That's right, they are not going to make the tournament. That's right, no, no more, oh, if they do this, if they do this, no, 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 no. They have to win the ACC tournament to make, it to, the, to make it to the big dance. They have to win it, not a run, not making a run in the tournament. You have to win it if you want to be in. Oh, my God, goodbye, Duke. I'm so happy. No, oh, my God, holy shit, I'm, I'm all happy about it. Uh... I watched a couple of the games yesterday from just what I saw. Saw the end of the Iowa-Wisconsin game. Love that they're retiring Luca Garza's number. Uh, that's awesome. He is one of my favorite players in the country, and good for him because that's awesome. He truly is amazing. But I just apparently the end of this game took the final minute took like 19 minutes. That's fucking ridiculous. This happened with Ohio State Illinois too a couple weeks ago, and it's just the same same thing. Like really. These refs got to get their shit together. 
Uh, I watched the end of the Drake Loyola Chicago game. Great for Loyola Chicago to clinch their berth in the big dance. Obviously, they made that Final Four run a couple years ago, and this team is better than that team. People really like this team, and they could be a sleeper team, sleeper pick to get to the Final Four. Houston beat Memphis, ending their regular season with an unbelievable half-court shot to win the to win the game, clinch this, clinch the. Actually, I don't know if they clinched the one seed due to Wichita State, but you know, just to beat Memphis, and it was just an awesome shot at the end of the day. That's really what it was. And the last game I watched, I, I didn't get to watch Baylor Texas Tech, but Masio T, I saw he went off. Oh my lord, ten three pointers? Are you kidding me? I mean, we all the Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell get all the hype, but Masio T, if he's the, like their third best player, I mean that's freaking ridiculous. Oh my god, it's crazy. Uh, that's oh, oh and then there's Michigan Michigan State. This game I watched, uh, Rocket Watts. Uh, don't really don't like that guy, but hey. He did really good yesterday, and what did I say? Uh, I said on the last episode that Michigan State was going to beat Michigan uh, if the next time they played. Tom Izzo is too good of a coach. It's Izzo month. He was not going to lose back-to-back games against the same team. That's just who Tom Izzo is. It's January, February, Izzo, April, May. That's simply just how college basketball works. It is Izzo month, and oh, Boy, like Michigan State, nobody's going to want to face them in the tournament. And I said that nobody's going to want to face them in the tournament because looks like they're in. And speaking of who's in, instead of doing uh, my top 10 this week, uh, I'm going to just do a little bit of a conference breakdown saying who I think is going to be in from each conference, who's on the bubble, what they need to do, along with giving my winner. So in the ACC, Virginia, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Louisville all appear to be in. Uh, UNC and Georgia Tech, I believe, should be in. However, if they, if either of them go one and done and, like, a surprise team wins their conference, like winning the AAC or something, or a surprise team wins the, like, Missouri, oh, I guess Missouri Valley, Missouri Valley already happened. But let's say one of these other teams takes surprisingly wins their conference or Gonzaga, loses, Gonzaga doesn't win the West Coast Conference and loses to a team that's not BYU – then that might move a team such as Georgia Tech or a team such as UNC closer to the bubble line. But I think for now they should be firmly in. And if they win, if they win a game in the tournament, easily in. Like it, it would be. I can't see either of these two teams missing. At the very least, I think one of them will be. Though at the very worst, UNC or Georgia Tech will be the last four in. But even then, I'm not sure if that'll happen. Uh, but hey, you know who's not on the bubble and not making it? Duke. Duke stopped making it. Uh. Yeah, just want to just want to remind everybody, Duke's not making it. Just you know, eleven and eleven. So we're talking about ACC teams. Who's in? Who's on the bubble? Duke is neither. Duke is in the not in category, and I can't just stop smiling about it. I just hate Duke so much, and oh, it's so awesome that they're not going to be in the big dance this year. <laughs> That's it's just awesome. Uh, Syracuse though is on the bubble another team that I mean they're always on the fucking bubble I mean what is March that Tom Izzo winning games and Syracuse being on the bubble it, it, that's just not much madness for you uh, and then for them though they, need, they obviously need to beat NC State a loss to NC State no shot they get in if they beat NC State there's a there's a chance NC State's been playing better lately uh but even then, I'm not sure if a win over NC State gets Syracuse in. It gets them potentially closer to in and potentially in that last four in spot. If they give Virginia a close game, it might boost their case for being in. And if they beat Virginia, I think Syracuse will get into the big dance, even if they lose in the next round.
who wins the ACC tournament. Although they've had some tough losses lately, I like Florida State to win the ACC tournament and clinch their bid in the big dance. The Big 12, in the Big 12, no one's on the bubble. All the top seven teams, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia, Texas Tech, they're all going to be in. The tournament winner, I mean, all these teams are great, but I'm not going against Baylor. Uh, the Big East, Villanova, Creighton, and UConn are all in, I'd say. Uh, on the bubble, so Xavier, St. John, Seton Hall, and Providence are on the bubble. I think Xavier's probably in. It seems like they're in. I've seen them on the last four in brackets, but I've also seen them on uh, like just like safe and in the and safe and in the big dance, not having to play in that first four. I think definitely at least have to win their first game in the Big East tournament. I think as a seven seed, they'll be playing the ten seed. Uh, and I win against Providence, they're easily in. If they win their first game and lose the Providence, I or excuse me against Creighton. I think they sh I think they should be they'll definitely be good if they beat Creighton. And if they lose to Creighton, I think that there's a decent chance that Xavier makes it in. Uh St. John, Seton Hall, and Providence, like they're very, very, very on the fringe bubble. They're not win a game or two and get in. They need to make I mean, they need to make it to that all three of those teams need to make it to at least the semifinals to even be in the conversation. Uh, it would likely take a run of the finals uh, for any of these teams to make it, which could be possible given uh, Gillespie being out for Villanova. Uh, that reason, I do think Creighton does win the Big East tournament, but honestly, I can see a Big East tournament easily stealing a bid, and don't sleep on UConn. You can easily see James Booknight making a Kemba Walker, uh, Shabazz Napier-esque run. Uh, Big Ten... Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Purdue are all are all in. Uh, Michigan State, they're likely in. I can't see anyway. Michigan State doesn't make it with three wins over top five teams in the past two weeks. Uh, maybe if they're one and done against Maryland, that puts them at 15 and 12. But honestly, I don't think that leaves them out of the tournament. I think they're win or lose their first game, they're in. Rutgers, if they lose to Indiana, might be in that first four. And I think they're in for now. A win over Indiana, they're 100%. And even if they lose in the next round, a loss to Indiana probably puts them in that last four in. Where they, and also on a team that could get knocked out of the tournament if uh, another Big East team makes uh, wins the Big East tournament or just another uh, team steals their conference. But Rutgers getting that win at the barn still is a good win for them. So it appears that they're in. Maryland, it appeared they were in. They were sitting at 15 and 10. They had games against Northwestern and Penn State, the 11th and the 11th and 12th best teams in the Big Ten this season, and dropped both of them, including losing the Penn State at home. So now they, this puts them on the bubble. Uh, if they if they beat Michigan State, I like their chances of getting in. But if they lose to Michigan State, I don't know if I put this Maryland team in. Now they do have a lot of really good wins. Don't get me wrong. They beat Michigan State, who's good. They have that win over Purdue. They beat in Illinois in uh, Urbana-Champaign. They beat in Minnesota at the barn when, when Minnesota was previously undefeated at the barn. So there's some good wins there. Uh, everyone else in the Big Ten, not going to make it. Those bottom four teams along with Indiana. And, yeah, so there's five teams. So that puts in – I have five locks with Rutgers and Michigan State most likely in, so that's eight. Uh, have Maryland, so that's seven. Maryland's on the bubble. Oh, hold on. Yeah, so that's nine, and that means so that means Penn State, Northwestern, Minnesota, and Nebraska are all firmly out, along with Indiana. So those five teams are firmly out. 
And I'm picking Illinois to win the Big Ten tournament. I just think that they're a really, really dangerous team, and they're going to do a lot in the Big Ten tournament, especially with the way they've been playing as of late. Uh, for the SEC and the Pac-12, no one's really on the bubble in those conferences. In for the SEC is going to be Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, and Missouri. I like uh, actually Ole Miss. They need to make a run to the championship to make it and get off and at least maybe get on the bubble. But I don't. I'm really not sure if Ole Miss makes it to the title game. They'll even get in. They've had they've had a lot of bad losses. Uh, who else is there that could? That's it. That's really it. I will say I think Arkansas is going to win the tournament. They've been one of the hottest teams in the country lately, and I just don't think anybody in the SEC can stop them right now. Pac-12, it's going to be Oregon, USC, UCLA, and Colorado. Only way one of those four teams doesn't make it is if a surprise team wins the Pac-12, which I can't see. Uh, I kind of like Oregon to win the, the Pac-12 tournament. Just They've won now 9 out of 10 games. They're shrieking at the right time, and they've, found, they've appeared to find their stroke. Um, Dak Prescott today, he signed a huge extension with the Cowboys. Four years, $160 million, and... I'm glad for Dak Prescott. He finally got his money. It's funny because people were memeing on him going into last year about his contract and him wanting that much. Well, he clearly earned that money with his stats at the beginning of the year. And, look, I'm happy for Dak. He got his money. He's a great guy off the field. He's an amazing advocate for mental health, much like I am. But it just sucks that he's staying with the Cowboys and staying in the NFC East. But, again, have to be happy for the guy. Great deal for him. He deserved every penny of that contract. And it's going to make Dallas a tough out in the NFC East, nonetheless, and very difficult for us to face. Uh, that's it, really, for what I have for the NBA and college basketball. Uh, joining me now is one of my best friends from Ohio State, one of my close, not even just from Ohio State, but someone who I consider a brother and a best friend. Uh, here, he, One of my favorite people to talk Ohio State basketball with, my good friend, Corbin Walsh. So without further ado, I present him. I now want to welcome on Corbin Walsh, one of my best friends from the Ohio State University. Finally got him on the podcast. Been wanting to have him on for a long time. Corbin, how are we doing today, my man? We're good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Um, this is definitely long overdue. Um, just excited to be on here and talk some sports with you. I'm glad to finally have you on. I mean, me and you literally talk sports almost every single day. And, you know, like me, we watch almost every Ohio State basketball game. I'm texting you during every game because I know you, you follow it as intensely as I did and along with some other people. Uh, so I guess we'll start off with that. Well, I want to know your thoughts on Ohio State this season. Uh, you were texting me during the Ohio State-Illinois game, even though I couldn't watch. So give me a little bit of your breakdown of that game as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess starting starting off before the season, um, I didn't really know what to expect with this team. Uh, you know, we lost a couple key pieces, you know, the Wesson brothers. Muhammad. Um, yeah, exactly, him. Um, and just, you know, going into how, how we started off this season, just so hot, um, I think it really just – it's a true testament of how good Coach Holtman is. Um, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NCAA right now. But, you know, now now where we are late in the season, um, I think we have a pretty good shot making a deep run. Um, I really like our lineup, Dwayne Washington and uh, EJ Liddell are very good. You know, they, they can uh, really score the ball and uh, – I like our team a lot. Um, you know, talking about this Illinois game, uh, when I was watching it, it was a pretty back-and-forth game. Uh, you know, it, it was – one thing I did notice is with uh, Kofi Coburn, I really I really wish we attacked him. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to stop you there. I got to stop you there. 
That's not a no, no. His last name's fucking Cockburn. You, you call him Cockburn right, well, on the show. All right. Well, I'm just trying to be, uh, trying to be, uh, what am I, politically correct here. But anyways, <laughs> um, I wish we, uh, I really wish we attacked him earlier in the game because you know towards the end of the game, second half, once we got a couple fouls on him late in the game, uh, you know they had to take him out. We made a couple runs there, and I think at one point we did have the lead, but I just we just really couldn't close it out. You know these past couple games, I think we're on a four. Four uh, lost skid right now. We lost to Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and now this Illinois game. Um, we just we haven't really been able to close out these, these late games, these tough games. Um, made some dumb mistakes, some turnovers. Um, but, you know, I hope we can uh, pick up our slack here going into the Big Ten tournament and uh, kind of make a run at the tournament. Absolutely. Love to see if we get in there. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we've had some issue closing out games in the past. It happened. We earlier in the year. I don't know if you, I think you watched that game to the Northwestern game where he absolutely blew it in the end. Uh, the Michigan State. I know. You, I know you said you uh, ended up falling asleep because you would work the next day, but we completely blew that game as well, and that was really frustrating. Uh, there, there was that second Purdue game that we blew. That was. I know we were both watching that. That was frustrating. So we've seen this a bit of a pattern from this team that they're not great at closing. Uh, obviously, there's been some games that they've closed exceptionally well. The second game against Illinois, or the first game against Illinois, and both games against Penn State. But we even saw that first game against Illinois. Uh, we finished well, maybe the final two minutes, but we were up by 16, 17, 18 points. I forget, and nearly blew that game. So there's been multiple games where we've been establishing these big leads and have nearly blown it. Obviously, Michigan, that game really could have gone either way. No team blew it. Michigan just won it. And Iowa was just a bad loss, but I mean they're playing extremely hot right now. So yeah, I, I um, sorry to cut you off. I, I one thing I have noticed is of late. I know early in the season, you know, Justin Aarons, mm-hmm. he's been uh, he's been missing. I don't know where he's been. You know, there were a couple games where he couldn't miss, and during those games, you could really really tell that our offense was just you know working in all cylinders. Uh, you know, but as of late, we haven't we haven't really seen much of him, and I, I really want to get him involved. Get going into the Big Ten tournament, going into the, the NCAA tournament. Um, I know he's he's a special talent, so I hope we can somehow get him involved and uh, get him the ball. You know, I, I think he's a really lethal shooter, and I think once we get him the ball, I think it'll open up the court for Dwayne Washington Jr. and <coughs> Jay Liddell. So um, that's one thing I've noticed. I don't know. That's just what I've seen. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, but. No. Um, Oh, no, oh, no you're, you're right. I've talked about it. Like, during this skid multiple times, I've talked about the fact that Orange has not been sharp. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he hit a three against either Michigan or Michigan State. That He had just one three against Iowa. When I was looking at the box score, just two of seven against Illinois. And you're right. When he's, uh, when he's in the corner, when his three-point game is on, you can keep him in that game. You can keep him in the game for a longer time. And he spaces the floor. allows for EJ Lebeau to do his thing in the post. It allows for Dwayne Washington to attack the rim. Because when Dwayne's attacking the rim, that's when he's at his best. And when he's not – if he can't attack the rim because we can't open up as much space in the lane, that's when he starts to take those dumb shots and becomes more of a frustrating player. And then also Absolutely. I want – and also, I want to see more out of Kyle Young. In the two games he's come back since he came back, hasn't been particularly great. I don't know if the concussion's still bothering him, but he's the primary big man on this team, and we need to see him. You know, keep up with those other big men: the Cockburns, the Garzas, the Dickinsons. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I think the way that Kyle Kyle Young and um, EJ Liddell plays defensively will determine on how we do in these next couple of weeks. I know. This whole Big Ten season with Big Ten teams, it's been the story of the big man. You look at, you know, Luca Garza for Iowa. You look at um, 
Dickinson. Uh, Dickinson from Michigan, and you got Cockburn, your boy, for Illinois. Um, th- this league's really been driven by the big men, and uh, we really, I mean, you know, Liddell is a, I wouldn't really say he's a true five, he's a stretch five, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to beat those guys. We're really going to have to figure out how to stop those big men because, you know, whether it's in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, we're going to have to go against those guys and beat them, so. I think that's a key factor in how we do going into these tournaments. Absolutely, especially this team is definitely, it's relatively undersized. I mean, of our main rotation guys, Zed Key is the tallest guy at 6'8". And even a couple other bigs, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, even though Indiana hasn't had a successful year, Travion Williams on Purdue, he definitely was a big reason why they came back in that second game. So, yeah, I really like this team. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be the sky is falling with this four game losing streak. I know before this four game skip, I was very confident with this team, although I still had some uh, some reason to be a little pessimistic or not pessimistic, but a little cautious because I didn't think that the defense was at the championship level. And I forget what the stat is, but there's a certain number that no team with a defense, no team with a defensive rating as, as low as Ohio State's has even made the final four. So that definitely is concerning. But regardless, man, like it's been a fun year, especially I feel like even at Ohio, when we were at Ohio State, we didn't get to follow this team as much because we'd either have exams or we'd be studying that night or we we you know, we'd be out drinking or something and just not really paying attention to the game. And also our our freshman year we weren't very good. We we were pretty much in the, we were pretty into the team, the K B D year. Uh that was fun. But and also just the way the world has lined up where people are inside more. It's been really fun watching these games on a weekday this yeah, year. Absolutely, man. I, I, I've been so invested in this team. It kind of reminds me back in the day when, you know, like Aaron Kraft was playing, mm-hmm. you know, Desha- David Lighty, John Diebler, Deshaun Thomas, uh, Jared Solinger, even Greg Oden. Dude, those days were awesome. I, I miss watching those teams. They, they were, uh, they were so much fun to watch. And, you know, maybe this team, it really isn't at that level yet. Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise me, but, this team has been a lot of fun to watch, and like I said, uh, Chris Holtman, he's been uh, a great coach this year, and I hope he, he gets some respect on that. 100%. Uh, up until the four-game losing streak, most people had him as their coach of the year. I think it'll probably end up going to Juwan Howard, and he just as much deserves it. As, he deserves it just as much as Holtman. But, yeah, it really has been a special year. And Plus, it's, it appears Liddell is going to be back. Uh it appears, that, and obviously we have Zed Key. He's going to be playing more next year. Guys like Eugene Brown, who got who saw a little bit of time. Michi Johnson, your boy, who you saw on the highway. He, they'll be getting yeah. more playing time. We have a couple of recruits coming in, and I'm sure you know there's always there's going to be more transfers than ever this off season apparently. So there's a good yeah, chance Ohio, Ohio State could land someone really really talented in the transfer portal. Obviously, Seth Towns was hasn't lived up to the hype necessarily. A big part of that is he hasn't played in bat. He didn't play basketball for over a thousand days. But yeah, it shows. I think a lot of guys want to come play for Holtman. Absolutely, and as of now, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're only losing right now C.J. Walker and Kyle Young. And don't get me wrong; those are two key starters for our team right now. But they're really not, you know, our core guys. You know, we're not losing a Dwayne Washington. We're not losing an E.J. Liddell. So I think we could fill those holes, and I really think we can build off what we've done this year. Uh, like you said, Michi Johnson, that's that's my guy. He's from Cleveland, uh, 17 years old. I mean, I can't even imagine. What was I doing when I was 17? <laughs> Getting blacked out in someone's know, basement? Pick, picking my nose or something. Not, <laughs> not playing for Ohio State basketball team. That's that's all I know. So, 
Um, I think he's got a really bright future, and uh, so does you know other other pieces like the Zed Keys or the uh, uh, Harrison Hoofkins. You know all those guys. I think I think they're gonna really do well, and I think they'll pan out. And I, I I'm excited to see what this future holds for us. Me too. Like Zed Keys, a guy. I'm Zed Key and Michi Johnson are the two guys. I'm really the most excited about. I'm really excited to see, assuming he stays, E.J. Liddell, what he can do in his third season. I mean, the strides he took, he'll definitely be one of the Big Ten favorites of the year, be one of the favorites for Big Ten player of the year next season. And I'm also interested if, uh, you know, you might, I think Dwayne should come back. He's only been there for three years. Although if Dwayne has, if Dwayne's confidence is like it is on the court at times, then he might declare for the draft. But Man, I love this team, and it's been fun. It really has yeah. been special. I, I know, like me, you're a big March Madness guy. You might not be the whole college basketball freak I am, but you get into it during March. You love the bracket. I remember last year how me and you, for like since January, we were talking about can't wait for March Madness, can't wait for March Madness, and then, you know, Corona happens, and then we it gets canceled, and we were both disappointed. I still remember yeah. when uh, – we were on the cruise, and they say no classes for two weeks. We're like, yeah, we're going to go to the bar and watch all, every single game. Because we, we didn't really know everything about what was going on. Yeah, dude, it's crazy that that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy what's what's happened just since then, and I, it, it's good to have sports back. Uh, I always tell I always tell people that this is my favorite time of the year for sports. You know, like there's, you know, you got March Madness, you got spring training for baseball coming up. Um, I love golf, so I think this is a great time for golf. Um, you know, NBA is going on. Not as not not as big of a fan for that, but um, I, I just think this is an awesome time of the year for sports. Just you know, weather's warming up, and I, I cannot wait for March Madness tournament. It's so much fun to watch. I cannot wait to fill my bracket. Um, really looking forward to it. So um, just excited to watch, and I hope the Bucks can make a run. So we'll have to see. Do you uh, who who do you have winning all this year? Like. You know, I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be Ohio State. I personally have a pick that's going to be revealed on my official bracket show, but I want to hear uh, who you okay. have winning it all. Uh, sorry to let you down, but I honestly don't know yet. I usually make my picks after the, you know, conference tournaments. Um, I know my favorite right now would be Baylor, but I think that's an easy, easy pick right now. You know, they, they've just been a, an absolute wagon this year, um, but. In my opinion, I think it's either going to be Baylor or any of these top four Big Ten teams. They've just been unstoppable. You know, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, you know, even Ohio State. I think any of these teams could really win it. So um, it all depends on who's what, what the schedule's like, what's the tournament, what, what the bracket's like. So um, we'll have to see. I'm excited. And uh, hopefully, like I said, OSU can make a quick run. Yep. Well, one, one, team, I, one team that we know won't be winning it all this year is Duke. Well, yeah, that, that's something I was going to ask you. What Do you think – so I got – you know, Spacuza, he wanted me to ask you. What do you think about – not Duke, but I'm, I'm talking about Xavier, bubble team. Do you think they're getting in? Uh, Have you been watching them all, at all? Uh, actually, yeah. So before their COVID pause, I was obsessed with betting on Xavier. I was betting them almost every single game. So I think right – so right now they're uh, – I actually broke this down earlier in my Big East uh, – I was previewing conference by conference. So they're currently on the bubble. They're probably last four in right now. Uh, so they're the seventh seed in the Big East tournament. I believe they're going to be playing uh, Butler in the first round of the Big East tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but so the, assuming they beat Butler, that's a solid. They'll, they'll be in, that's an extra win for them, just another win. A loss of Butler, that's a bad loss, and it just makes their record look even worse. 
they if they beat yeah. if they beat Creighton, they would play Creighton after their game. If they beat Creighton, they're easily in. Uh, if they lose to Creighton, I think they're in, but they'll. I could see it probably being yeah. uh, last four in. And if like a team, a surprise team wins their conference tournament, I could see them eventually getting kicked out. Yeah, I was. Uh, I asked Spikus and my boy. I told him I was coming on. This. He wanted me to uh, ask you what you thought about them. But uh, I don't know. I hope they can sneak in. They've always been pretty tough around this time of the year. Um, I actually went to a game two years ago, and that's a great the Sintow Center. Great, great atmosphere. It's a great school. Um, so. Who knows? Anything can happen. Maybe they're the Cinderella team this year. Maybe. I mean, I, like I, said, I don't know why. I just, I loved, uh, up until their COVID pause, I bet them all the time. Yeah. But, uh, so we're yeah. going to... What do you, what seed, going, going back to OSU real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off. What, what, what seed do you think they're going to end up with? Uh, so it depends. I think right now we're probably on a three line at this yeah. point. If we... If we uh, so we, we have to obviously beat Purdue, and even if we beat Purdue, we still might be on that three line. But if we beat Purdue and then beat Michigan, I think there's a solid chance that they'll put us on the two line. Even if we were losing the Big Ten championship game, I think as long as we make it to the Big Ten championship game, we're on the two line. And unless we win the Big Ten championship game, I don't think. I mean, if we win the Big Ten championship game, maybe put us as a one seed. If we were to beat Illinois in the Big Ten championship, but it seems like Illinois is going to get that fourth number one seed. And rightfully so. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree with you. I think I think uh, a one one seed's a stretch for sure. But I think we definitely control our destiny destiny when it comes to the two or three seed. So um, hopefully we can get a two. I don't know. Absolutely. And also going back on your point about this being the best time of the year for sports. You know, you mentioned baseball spring training starting. So I want to just, you know get your thoughts on the Indians this year. I know you know me and you love the banter. You you hate the Yankees. Uh, I know I trip the Indians as well. Obviously, they lose Lindor, which is a huge, huge loss. He's one of the more impactful players of, in the league. That being said, he did have a down year last year. You still have arguably the best pitcher in baseball in Shane Bieber, uh, young kid, and I believe it's I believe it's Tristan McKenzie coming up. Uh, Plesac, although there was the off the field incident with him, looked good, and Savali was okay for you guys, but. Yeah, it hurt losing Lindor and Carrasco, especially with Carrasco's leadership in that locker room. But obviously, the AL Central is very weak. You guys have dominated the Tigers and the Royals the last few years. So, just give me your thoughts on the Indian season coming up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a tough off season. I'll tell you that. You mm-hmm. know, I, going into it, I, I was I was expecting to lose Lindor. I mean, that was pretty inevitable. We just don't have the, the money for that. You know, small market team, MLB. That's just that's the way it is. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Dolan, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, come on. Dolan's a billionaire. Dolan's a billionaire. Like it's oh, it's nice. more on him though. You he can spend the money. Maybe he nice. maybe maybe he can't well, offer out well, like. Too nice being a Yankees fan. Maybe he can't. Okay, maybe he maybe can't show out like a four hundred million dollar contract. But I'm sorry, like he won't even give anybody more than a more than like. What was it? Wasn't Edwin Encarnacion the highest average, highest contract of all time when it was just forty eight million? I'm sorry. That's just cheap. That's cheap. Something like that. I don't know. I uh, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, you're preaching to the choir right now, Birdman. It's uh, it's it's tough. It's tough being a, a, an Indians fan. It's it's no fun. But um, like I said, you know, losing Lindor, that was gonna happen. But to lose Carrasco the way we did, 
Um, I definitely think that, that that's that's the biggest loss in this. You know, he loves the city. He's done so much for the city. All he's been through with cancer and all that. I think losing him, just his, his, his presence in the locker room will definitely hit us the hardest. But, you know, with that being said, I'm not going to – I'm not going to cancel this season yet. I really think we do have a chance. You know, the Indians have really surprised me in recent years. You know, we've snuck in. We put together a good year. Um, like you mentioned, we should with, uh, you know, Beaver, Plesak, Savali, and then Tristan McKenzie, our young Honor bullpen. I really think we have some solid pieces with, uh, you know, Karen Check. He's my boy. I, I, I don't know if people ever watched him. He, uh, he is not. He, he, he is good stuff. And I also – I want to apologize to the listeners quickly. There's a little bit of an audio issue. You're being like a little, it's a little choppy, and then it just got really fast when you talked about Karen Check. And like, for some reason, the artist was like, oh, Karen Check is my boy. Like, like a telemarketer. <laughs> no, so I, I'll, I'll start back then. Um, you know, our, our rotation's looking pretty good with just who we got. And then looking back, looking at our bullpen, uh, you know, we have some pretty solid pieces with, uh, you know, Karen Check. Love that, that guy. He's, he brings a lot of intensity out of the mound. And then, you know, we got Emmanuel Classy. Keep an eye out for this guy. This guy's throwing some heat on the mound, throwing 100 miles per hour. I uh, haven't had a guy like him since, you know, um, Andrew Miller. So I really think he could really do some stuff for us on the bullpen end of things this year. So uh, uh, we'll have to see. You know, our, our pitching is usually good. I, I really think our, our farming system for, you know, pitching is one of the best in the league. We always end up finding guys, developing pitchers. Yeah, um, you're basically the Yankees farm system. You, know, you develop these pitchers that eventually come to New York. So thank you guys for being a farm system for us. Literally literally any guy we bring up and uh, ends up winning a Cy Young, he's on the Yankees. It's sickening. So uh, <laughs> you enjoy Corey Kluber, I'll tell you that. But uh, uh, going on to the offense, though, I don't know, man. We'll have to see. You know, yeah. Our infield's pretty – I think our infield will fill out, you know, in, Third base, you know, Jose Ramirez, he's our cornerstone. That guy's very reliable. He'll give us, he'll put up some good numbers. Shortstop, we got Jimenez, who we got from the Mets. Um, he's been doing all right so far in spring training. We'll have to see how he, he pans out this season. Uh, second base, Cesar Hernandez, uh, he had a really great year last year. She really surprised me, so I hope mm-hmm. he can continue that. Um, first base, hopefully Bobby Bradley. You know, he's been, he's been, uh, there's been a lot of hype behind this guy in these past couple years, so I really hope he can. He can pan out from the minor leagues, um, and then you know behind behind the uh, behind home plate we got uh, Roberto Hernandez, uh, really great defensive catcher. Uh, I really have high hopes for him this season. I, I could def- definitely see him being an All Star catcher. I know that's a hot take, but I, I just as long as he can get his bats going, um, I think he could have a great season. And then moving out to the outfield, uh, it's 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 always a toss up for the Indians. We really haven't had a, a solid outfield in quite some time. Uh, left field, I definitely could see Eddie Rosario. We got him from the Twins. Mm-hmm. He's been the in, he's been the Indian killer for the past couple of years. Um, so it's good to see him in our jersey this year. Uh, center fielder, center field, it'll probably be Mercado with Bradley. Uh, honestly, it's pretty interchangeable between those guys. Mercado had a great first year with us in 2019, mm-hmm. um, but then he had a sophomore slump last year. Um, and then Bradley Zimmer, uh, who's been dealt with a lot of injuries lately. Hopefully he can get healthy and get back out there. He's got a lot of talent. Um, and then right field, Josh Naylor. I'm not really too high on this guy. Uh, he was very hot when we were playing you guys yep. last year in the, in the playoffs. Uh, he was. It seemed like he was the only guy who could hit off you guys. But uh, I hope he can continue that. And, uh, you know, who knows? We'll have to see with the season. Um, 
you know, Tito Francona, I really think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Our farming system is, is top notch. Um, it just sucks that our ownership really, uh, doesn't really care too much about our team. So hopefully that changes and uh, I hope we can, uh, put together a pretty good season here. It definitely, it definitely does suck for, you know, you guys. I, I do feel bad for Indians fans, but when you guys trip the Yankees, sometimes it does make it hard for me to feel bad for you guys. But obviously it's all, you know, fun and games in the end. But it is pretty, like, pathetic that the, your guys' owner is just that cheap. Again, like, I'll be honest, yeah, we do show, the Yankees will show that ridiculous amount of money. But when the most expensive contract is only $48 million, like, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, being an Indians fan is just, it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking. Just, uh, you, you attach to a player, and then once you, like, you, you want to, like, see him in, the, in an Indians uniform for the rest of your life, just next thing you know, they're on the Yankees, or just <laughs> the LA Dodgers. You know, you can't get attached to any of these guys because we can't afford them, and it just sucks because we bring up a lot of great talent, um, and uh, unfortunately, we can't hold on to them, so... Hopefully, I don't know, maybe a new ownership, maybe Jeff Bezos can uh, buy the Indians and give us some money so that we can start, you know, playing playing some real baseball with real talent. So, we'll have to see. Well, one, one thing we can both agree on is fuck the Dolan family. Yeah, I know both me and you are uh, not, not too high on that family, so uh, <laughs> they're definitely not professional sports owners. Yep. They shouldn't be, I should say. Yeah. And uh, so I guess one other thing, you know, again, with this time of the year, the one thing you didn't mention, NFL offseason, and obviously for the first time in a, well, I guess there was some optimism going into the 2019 season with the Browns based on the offseason, but obviously the Browns are coming off their most successful season probably since they moved back to Cleveland in 1999. And I know obviously, you know, you're thrilled about it. A lot of our friends, Vinny, are really thrilled about it. Uh, I know that you know people. You got people are really hoping for JJ Watt in the off season. The Browns didn't get him, but they still have a lot of cap space. So, what are you looking for the Browns to do in the off season? Yeah, dude. Uh, th- how about that season? That was uh, that it, was a lot of fun. It was special. It was special. I uh, praise you guys a lot on this podcast. I uh, that was probably one of the, the the best season of just any sport that I've watched. That was so much fun, and and to, to even say that without with a limited amount of fans. Um, I think that's saying something that that was that was a special year and I, I it sucks that you know it ended the way it did you know against the Chiefs uh, sure you know the Chiefs were the better team but you know I definitely could have seen us winning that game uh, some calls you know went went the other way for us Chad Henney getting a third or a fourth and 13 on us really sucks it still stings you know the targeting call uh, still stings but oh. you know it is what it is I hope we can build off that and to going going to your question about this offseason um, I really, I really hope we can uh, focus on the defense. Um, that was really one of our struggles this year. Uh, I, you know, looking at the offense really quick, I, I really think we're, we're pretty set in most in most of our positions. Um, running backs, I mean, I don't even have to spend time talking about that. We have two of the best running backs in the league. Wide receiver, um, you know, Jarvis Landry's one of the best, under, most underrated receivers in the league. OBJ, yeah, we'll see how that goes this year. I hope you can. Uh, you know, get healthy and, you know, keep his mouth shut and just play some football. Um, hope we can sign Rashard Diggins. Uh, he's, he's a great guy in our locker room, loves the city. Uh, offensive line, we're, we're one of the best in the league. I, I hope we can, you know, keep all our guys and maybe get some depth. Uh, and then, um, you know, tight end, I think we're, we're pretty set. And then with Baker, uh, I think uh, this will be a great year for him just to build off last year and continue uh, working with uh, our new head coach. So 
but going to the defense, uh, definitely think we should we should focus on this uh, defensive backs. Backs, I uh, you know I, I think something that I sometimes forget and a lot of people forget is that we did not have Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit, our first round pick, all last season, mm-hmm. and um, I think. You know, if we had both those guys healthy, I think we would have had a pretty solid defensive backfield. Um, you know, Denzel Ward, yes, he was hurt um, throughout most of the season, as usual. I hope he can stay healthy. He's been, he's pretty fragile. But, um, you know, I think if we can get those guys healthy, Delpit, Greedy Williams, um, Denzel Ward, and get some depth behind those guys, I think we could have a pretty solid defensive backfield. Um, one of the one of the things that I think we need to focus the most on is our, is our linebacking core. Um I really don't think it's cutting what we got right now. Um, you know, Mac Wilson, I was pretty high on him going into the last season. I know he had some injuries going into the year. He kind of did. He pretty he disappointed me last year. He didn't really do a whole lot as much as I expected. So um, even even without him, I, I really think we should. Uh, you know, I, I think we have twenty the twenty six picks. So I hope we uh, address the linebacking core with that pick. Uh, whether that's you know whoever's available, whether it's Micah Parsons. I know he's. He's projected to be taken pretty early, you know, Penn State linebacker. Uh, he's a stud. Or the uh, Awuso Koromora from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of film on this guy, and I like him. He's, he's more of a hybrid linebacker, kind of like what, what the NFL sees nowadays. Nowadays, You really don't see many Ray Lewis's or, um, you know, like Luke Keekley's anymore. I know. It's more, it's more of just like a Isaiah Simmons. Not that he had a really great breakout rookie year or, or, or Darius Leonard. That's my, that's the best example yeah. I can give right Jab- now. Jabril Peppers is like that for the Giants now. Exactly. So, you know, with these defensive schemes and how much, how different, you know, these teams are running their defenses, I think getting a hybrid guy like, uh, you know, a Suo, a Uso Kormar, I should say, I think that would be very beneficial for our defense. Um, and then for our defensive line, yeah, it sucks. We didn't get JJ Watt. Uh, really wish we could have gotten him. I think he would have complimented, uh, Miles Garrett pretty well on the other side, but um, you know there are still some other free agents available. The draft's still there. Um, Von Miller, I, that's one guy that I uh, I really like. I know he's kind of old. He's coming off an injury, um, but I think we can get him get him at a pretty decent price. And I think him and Miles would really work well together on that defensive line. And uh, I guess uh, you know put up a good defensive front. So um, going into next year, I'm really excited. Um, I think this is. Uh, this is going to be a great year for us. I, I hope we can uh, this time make it all the way and win the whole damn thing. I definitely the Browns do have a good roster. Again, one of the most perfectly constructed offenses, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL, uh, cool. e- easily the best running back duo in the NFL. I don't think anybody's going to question that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, if uh, OBJ can, like, you know, not, not even get back to the Giants OBJ, but just beat the point where, you know, he doesn't have to be force-fed the ball, that would be huge for you guys. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I have a quick question. Did uh, what was Vinny's reaction? To you guys not getting JJ Watt? I could so see Vinny just being really happy about it and not wanting him. Uh, you know what? I didn't talk to him a whole lot about it, but I think uh, he was a little bummed out. He actually wanted them. Uh, yeah. I think he. I think he wanted that. You know, veteran leadership in the locker room, which I would agree with. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I'd have to agree with them. I was kind of indifferent about it. The guy is pretty old, mm-hmm. um, and he gets injured so much. Um, and to have two big guys like like him and Miles, I, I think we need, you need more of a speedy like a speedier pass rusher, mm-hmm. more of like a linebacker hybrid type to be on the other side. Um, I don't know, that's just what I see. But one stat I did see that 
really wanted J.J. Watt, maybe really want J.J. Watt, is I think uh, both him, J.J. Watt, and Miles Garrett were the two highest double-team guys. In the league. Per- yeah, in the league, based on, like, percentage of snaps. So, you know, you, there's only four five linemen, basically. So, you know, if both those guys are double-teamed, then, you know, we got, we, we got the winning man. So, um, yeah, it sucks we didn't get him, but I think it'll work out for us in the long run. Yeah, I think yeah again like it was I I think Juju would have been a great signing for you guys, but again it's not like the worst thing in the world losing out on him. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot to be excited about as a Browns fan right now. The future is bright, yeah. and some like similar to me is that with the Knicks this year, it's like the first time you are seeing a sense of direction for the first time in a long time. Yeah, man, I'm uh I've been looking I've been watching uh, some box scores for the Knicks and I I've, I've seen uh, they've been doing pretty well, so happy for you. Maybe they can make a quick run in the playoffs or something. Honestly, just making the playoffs would be amazing for us. <laughs> but uh anyway, so Corbin, that's really about it that I wanted to talk about. Uh anything else you want to talk about uh to any points I didn't touch upon with the Browns, the Indians, uh, if you want to touch on the Cavs at all or if you want to I don't know, touch on or touch on the golf or something. Uh, you know what? I, I got nothing. Um, I appreciate you having me on. I, I really enjoyed, you know, talking some sports with you. Uh, I hope, I hope to be back. This oh, you, a lot of fun. You, you'll be back, Cor. I'm really glad you came on, man. And, uh, yeah, like we'll probably, we'll talk soon. I mean, obviously we talk every day anyways. So, but thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Obviously you've been one of my top listeners and I really appreciate you being an AWL. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, uh, this, this whole podcast thing that you're doing is great. I re- I'm really uh, supporting you throughout this whole journey, and I hope this thing takes off. Who knows? Maybe this is the next PMT. Thanks, Corb. I'll talk to you later, brother. All right. Take it easy. See you, buddy. See ya. And that was my good friend, Corbin Wanch. Great interview with him. You know, I'm glad he finally got to come on. You know, he's uh, he's not the best public speaker. He was definitely a little nervous about coming on. Express his nerves to me. But, hey, it's just a conversation between me and him talking sports like we always do. The kid's one of my best friends. He's always been one of my best friends for life. And I love that dude. Uh, so that's really all, I, all I have for sports. WandaVision, though. If you have not watched WandaVision, I highly recommend watching it. You don't need to be a Marvel fan to enjoy WandaVision. It's just such an incredible show. And if you're a Marvel fan, it's even sweeter for you. It's a really good storyline. And Wanda, the acting in it is incredible. Elizabeth Olsen, a beauty, and Paul Bettany do a fantastic job acting their acting their chops off in this show. Truly was incredible. Uh, Wanda's character arc in the show is really fantastic. You learn a lot more about her. And she really just did a fantastic job. You know, she's always had a very interesting backstory in the MCU. But for the most part, she was a, a second-tier character at best, probably third or fourth tier. And this year, and this episode really brought her into the light where I honestly might put her in the top tier of any any character in the MCU. Not only was th- this was definitely one of the best TV shows I've ever watched, and it's above a lot of the Marvel movies in my opinion. I must say I thoroughly enjoyed it. We're seeing how the world is connecting, and she really did have a truly great arc. I'm not trying to get into any spoilers, but I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Uh, I mean, the, the actually, you know what? Spoiler alert here. Stop now if you have not seen the new WandaVision. Uh, if you have not watched WandaVision at all, or the finale. It was obviously really interesting. The Vision versus Vision fight was fantastic. Uh, scumbag, that scumbag Hayward, bringing Vision back on the life was a dirty tactic. And, you know, this, I thought it's going to be really interesting to see Vision versus Vision. It was an awesome fight. 
uh, really cool seeing the two fight actually. And then then Wanda's vision, which it really is amazing. Her that that whole story dedicated to just her trauma and explaining everything to the point where you know losing her parents, her grieving after losing Pietro, and uh, all that. Seeing how she released that anger, like everything, the fact that just in grief and anguish, without control of her powers, she made this whole anomaly, bringing her goddamn dead husband back to life. Like, that's actually fucking crazy that she literally created a pocket reality. I mean, it's insane. All, all like, not knowing how she did that, it truly, truly was just fantastic, awesome. You really you really see how this character has been through so much. I mean, the death of her parents, the death of her brother, the death of her lover. Truly, she's lost it all. And it was just wow. You know, she puts the hex, she puts the hex down to try to save people and seems like she's doing the right thing. Then we get that post-credit scene where uh, she's apparently in her astral form reading the forbidden book of spells and she hears her kids in trouble. While the real one, while there's also Wanda just hanging out. I'm not really sure what she was doing there, but my friend Nicole told me that there was Doctor Strange music in it, so it seems like it's gonna lead into. Well, it's confirmed it's gonna lead into Doctor Strange too. It's not it doesn't seem like it. It's been confirmed, uh, but that final scene definitely shows how you know shows some leading into Doctor Strange too. Uh, Vision really excited what they do. So uh, Wanda's vision that she created restored. The real restored this new White Vision's memories. White Vision was sent into the hex by Director Hayward after they brought Vision back online, but he had no memories of the previous Vision. Now this previous vi memory is restored. It'll be interest interesting to see where he goes. He might reconcile with Wanda, but they they might decide to give him his own arc for a while while he kind of discovers who he is, uh, what Vision is, and just learning more about himself. And I can also see him potentially uh, being in Armor Wars with. Don Cheadle, you know, if that show apparently Tony's tech gets in the wrong hands, well, uh, Vision is Tony's tech. So that'd be my prediction that he's, that's, that's where he shows up. Uh, so I'm excited for that. And I love Monica. I love that Monica got her powers. That was awesome. She, she was one of the best parts of the show. I'm excited to see her in Captain Marvel 2. And her, and her post-credits scene was interesting because looks like those were scrolls who were helping her out. And that Nick Fury's in space and wants her help. So that was really cool. And I really liked Monica. And it was cool to see Darcy for the first time since Thor The Dark World. And Jimmy Woo was a fun character. Again, go watch WandaVision. It's fantastic. And also, go to my Instagram page, The Bird's Eye View Podcast, for all the latest releases for my newest episodes. Go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games, to WandaVision. And again, thank you everybody who's listened to this podcast and supported it, supported it thus far. I hope you have a great rest of your day.